Hi, I'm your host today, Kim Campbell. You're listening to Circus Voices, brought to you by Circus Talk, the international circus sector's inclusive and independent online platform. Take advantage of Circus Talk's 60% off COVID-19 discount now on yearly pro membership. Sign up on Circus Talk today. In this episode of Circus in Process with Cassis, I am visiting not just with Natano Fanana, the artistic director and also cast member, but with the whole cast. Um, at this point in time, the cast is scattered around Australia because of lockdowns. So half of the cast is in person and the other half is in Mel- the Melbourne area. It's very interesting to speak to all of them and to see how the process is happening of creation and devising in spite of their separation. Um, and it's really interesting to understand how Amatanga is developing during this time, how each artist is involved and how they communicate with each other. So tune in and check it out. One additional note about this podcast episode is that it was recorded during rehearsal on Natano's cell phone with people scattered around Australia. So the sound quality is a little bit wonky at times. Please forgive that. Um, it was a pandemic scenario that we had to adapt to. And I hope you enjoy the episode. Thank you so much. Okay, let's let's start with um, with you, Natano. How, how's it going? How's show prep going? The Amatanga is going really fab, actually. Uh, look, a lot has happened since I spoke to you last. Um, but what I'll probably delve in right now is that we're in the middle of our five-day creative development with a showing that we're going to have tomorrow. And um, we are doing this very remotely because Australia's locked down its borders in its various states. So we're based in Brisbane, but the cast members and Johnny are based down in the southern states, so Victoria and New South Wales, and the borders are closed off um, in terms of Victoria, closed off about a month ago. Um, And then more recently, Sydney's become a hotspot, so that's closed down in the last few days. So we are, we are rehearsing remotely, and I've got to say, despite it being real uh, unconventional <laughs> in these unconventional times, I'm super proud with the progress of our work. Um, the mana, the essence, and the spirit of Amatanga gratefully is maintained, and, and uh, the, the, the work that we are presenting, potentially going to present tomorrow, is um, as good as it can be, and if not better. That's amazing. I mean, I know this wasn't part of the plan, the lockdown. You expected to be there in person together. So how will the showing work tomorrow? Where will it be? In cyberspace? Mm, it's a combination of live and, uh, and pre-recorded uh, projections. So, mm. uh, so to give you a bit of an update, Johnny was formerly in, as a cast member, um, and we arrived at a point where it was difficult for him to fulfill the role with certain research that he needed to do and to fulfill culturally. So he's now moved into a more role as assistant to my to director. Um, and Johnny can embellish this on this later, uh, but he's his. It's been an interest of Johnny's for a while to learn the craft of making shows with cultural relevance, and so here we are. Um, In place of Johnny Mm -hmm. is another amazing indigenous um, acrobat dancer from Australia and he's from up north. I forgot his mob, but um, yeah, his name's Jilly. So one of the few artists of colour here in Australia and we're lucky to have him on board. Um, And I'll send you you the information about him, but he's a a beautiful man. Um, The showing tomorrow, 
Yeah, it's going to be a combination of live, um, and that live component would be represented by Ella, uh, Ella Gunza, um, Mayu Muto, and myself. And then pre-recorded material that we've been doing through the week uh, by Cam and Jilly. And now, a message from Circus Talk. During this time of pandemic, we've unleashed a new feature in our event section that will help artists and companies to get paid for their work. With a basic free membership, you can list your live stream, your on-demand or live shows and events, and now you can sell tickets and collect pay-what-you-can donations via Circus Talk as well. You can even list your classes and workshops and collect the class fees directly through Circus Talk's PayPal ticketing. Circus Talk helps promote these shows and classes on social media, too, for those who use this feature. This is a great tool to expand your audience beyond your own personal network and social media followers. So check it out. Ella's right. just arrived, actually. Yep, just in the middle of the interview. Hello. So this is Ella. Okay, great. Well, so... Hi. Oh, hi, Ella. Nice to meet you. Cool. How are you? Good, thank you. How are you? This is Kim. Good. I'm excited to meet you. Um, so I guess, and Natano, then one of my first questions for you was like, what challenges have popped up? But I guess this is a big one, like being on lockdown and trying to do the show remotely is probably like one of the biggest challenges of all. Um, so how did you just come up with this resolution of like, well, we're going to do the showing half and half and... Yeah. Well, it was important for, as you know, like the, the type of work Amatanga is, is that it's it's representation of a number of cultures and nations. Um, yeah. And so, you, like, lucky we have a, an age of technology, we're able to still do that. It's it's virtual, but still it has its representation by Cam, Johnny and Jilly down south. Um, uh, I mean, I, I've got to say, it's a funny time because it, it's different. But as an independent artist in Australia, um, we're working we're working with things stacked up against us anyway, us artists of colour. So for me, I kind of like, oh, this is just another obstacle, and that's cool. Like, we just yeah, can't, yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> You're just like, oh, this is how we're going to roll now. Yeah. Um, so great. So one of the things I, I think uh, that is exciting about the show is that it's about rites of passage. And I wanted to ask you, what, what's the most powerful rite of passage that you've come up with? Not, not specifically, but like, is it about death or birth or puberty? Which ones are you focusing on as a whole? And is this directed the question at me or everyone or? Um, still at you. Okay. <laughs> I'll have specifics for um... Yeah, I. Okay, so the during the research phase leading up to um, up to this development, everyone everyone bounced ideas, um, and some of us have more of a connection to our culture, therefore um, have an understanding about some um, some of the practices of initiation, um, and some people are more um, just learning about those things. You know, some of the more lost, or or. Um, Oh, there are complexities, for example, Mayu has a number of streams of initiation practices that pertain to, uh, dependent on class, race, uh, class, sex, um, um, and other other factors within their society. So it's, it's, um, it's been quite interesting. Uh, look, mine, uh, to be honest, one of them, and you'll meet her in a moment, is Alice, who's my niece. Um, 
as a Samoan Fafafinga, a trans woman, it's been an interesting journey for me as a director and also her uncle, learning the, um, the, about initiation practices that are particular to a man or a woman in Samoan culture. And as a Fafafinga trans woman, that story isn't necessarily clean cut. It doesn't apply, per se. However, um, Ella's approach to this is quite unique and also quite representative of um, the strength of our people as Samoans. Um, and that'll make more sense when you, when you get to know her. I guess I wanted to um, ask what types of circus disciplines are emerging in the show currently? Yeah, um, the skills uh, that we're playing with. Uh, well, Mayu and I are in person, so we're, um, you know, we've got our duo adagio or acrobalance, um, creative tumbling. Uh, we're able to dabble with our aerials, so that's cordelise and tissue. Uh, that was a pre-recorded moment because the venue that we're in doing the showing can't isn't riggable. Um, Cam's a, a creative tumbler and um, hand balancer, and so that's the skills that um, represented. And also the same with Jilly. Jilly's uh, hand balance, tumbling, um, and dance. And it's difficult with Cam and Jilly being interstate. We, they also have skills that that um, that for in terms of group numbers, but obviously by themselves in their independent cities, they have to work on solo skills. So that will be something that hopefully further down the line you can develop as you put the show together when you are able to meet in person again. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. So, um, so let's start with Johnny. Um, hi. So you started off as a staff, or not staff, let me rephrase. You started off as a cast member and now you are moving to more to a directoral role. Um, do you, ha you have some background in dance, right? How did that inform your research for the show when you were still in the cast? Uh, dance was, uh, so it's always been my um, loved um, genre. So I've always loved dance since I was little. Um, so it's been really helpful to, um, to curate, uh, create in the um, circus world because it's a very unknown ground for me. Um, and so I just recently joined with the guys and it's been Awesome. So, um, yeah, the the change from dance and bringing it into um, uh, is like a whole different world. So I can use um, my dance uh, training towards circuits, uh, circus and um, acrobatics. So it's been it's been very helpful that I've had some dance training and it made it a little bit easier for me to adjust. So. Um, yeah, so that's just awesome. That's interesting. And did yeah, you, um, um, I told, last time when I spoke to Natano, he told me how um, the culture in Australia, like how the government really suppressed the um, native indigenous culture and how a lot of the, the traditions didn't get passed along because of that, so that you had a very challenging product, project just researching um the, the rites of passage and initiation. So, how has how has that been for you, and what have you discovered? Um, yeah, so there's specific things that we were looking for that would uh, be awesome for the show. But um, 
I'm part of like the stolen generation, so most of my knowledge in, uh, throughout my family has been very little. Um, but just recently started building our, um, our like clans name and nation back together. So it's slowly getting better, <laughs> which I've, I've had some good um, reports from back home with family. But yeah, just wasn't any luck with um, uh, anything that was looking for that would benefit for the show. So it's been a very, a very tough one to deal with, um, like from heart. Um, and just accepting it, it was even harder. Um, so yeah, that was a very tough uh, subject, but uh, we moved on for that um, one thing. So, so it's getting better, yeah. Yeah, I could see how that would be a challenge when there's so little connection. Um, so that was really kind of the impetus for why you decided to move into a, a co-directing role more so than because it was hard to do the research and, and to turn it into circus. Yes, yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, thank you for sharing that. Is there anything else you'd like to tell us about about the show that you're excited about? Um, is the end result. I am, like, seeing it every day as it grows, and uh, I just can't wait to, like, see how it all ends. So I'm very excited. Yeah, that's going to be great. Me too. I'm excited too. Thank you, Johnny, for talking to us. I hope I get to speak to you another time about it, maybe later on in the process. Oh, yep. Let's chat with you. Hi. <laughs> can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Hi. Okay, great. So, um, let's see. I have a question for you because you're an intersectional artist. You perform, you connect your performance to your um, Samoan culture, right? As well as your trans culture. Yes. And um, do you find that your work speaks to both cultures equally, or do you have to work on that? Oh, that's a good question. I think being in the intersection of both, um, I, it really plays to both equally. I wouldn't say I'm one more for the other, because I feel like being part, of the, at the end of the day, they are both marginalized communities. So I think being a trans person and being a person of color, um, they come in hand in hand with a lot of the issues that are faced against, I guess, um, systematic oppression, um, and just things that we're having to navigate with all of these um, issues against us from the start of the race, I guess. Yeah, that, that get that. So what is your preferred artistic discipline? You know what? I've Movement, I would say, see, a lot of my background was um, mainly in dance and hip-hop. But um, since then, I've just really... Yeah, I would say... What would you say? Well, you're part of that Vogue movement, which I think is quite... A second round pioneering sort of thing. Yeah, I don't know if, if you're familiar with ballroom culture. So it's like, if you've seen Paris is Burning and... So I'm a mother of a house here in Brisbane um, called the uh, the House of Alexander. And um, so mm -hmm. bo the ballroom community and ballroom culture in Australia is quite... It's still quite new. Um, but we, um, I'm very fortunate to have um, an icon from the House of Ninja whose name is Javier from New York, Connecticut, who's been... Um, just really um, guiding me and helping me through, you know how the ballroom scene is able to um, help trans people and trans people of color, or people of color just, I guess, um, come into practice with um, the, art the artistic expression. 
Oh, yeah. So it's a whole lot of things for me. It, it would be really hard to pinpoint, but I guess it'll be mainly movement. Okay, thank you. Does circus um, and working with the show give you a wider audience or a different expressive canvas to tell your story? Definitely a wider audience. I have no circus background. Um, and so I, I knew initially it would be very challenging for me to, I guess, one, collaborate with circus artists and to see whether, you know, um, we were able to, I guess, bring forward a, a narrative that was able to be transparent, um, especially considering I've got no experience in circus. So um, it's been a challenge, but I can honestly say it's, it's some, I'm learning every day. Like little things of just how I create and little things I'm being challenged every day just to try things that are, may not necessarily make sense to me, but I'm, I'm finding at the end of the day, it's just like, you know, it's just learning. So sometimes, um, yeah, that's been the beauty of it. <laughs> I, think, I think she's been modest. So Ella's also learned to do a backward roll. <laughs> and I'm a big girl, so these these things are not easy. <laughs> yes, Cameron, um, you have a, a background in hip hop and gymnastics and parkour and circus, all the things. Um, do any of those um, influences resonate better with you with your Maori background? I think um, so. I read that question in the email. Um, that Natana sent us. And I was thinking um, gymnastics in Māori is take poripore, which just means gymnastics and acrobatics that ancient Māori used to use for combat training because they valued um, agility and ferocity, which I think gymnastics definitely embodies and develops. Um, so I started gymnastics at a really young age, at like like most people do, um, at like six, in specifically tumbling, and then moved to artistic gymnastics, which then moved into parkour and free running as I got bored of the rules and everything like that. Um, so that's the main one that I think resonates with the multi side, but also hip hop. It's just so ingrained in all of culture now. But mm -hmm. especially when I was young, my parents would listen to that sort of music, R&B, <laughs> hip-hop. That was the first sort of music that I would listen to. And, yeah, I think Polynesians definitely resonate with that sort of hip-hop beat-type music, yeah. Interesting. And that speaks to your culture in a, in a, like a, a parallel way to the, to the American mm. person of color experience, probably. Um, so you went to NICA, right? Yes, yes I did. Yeah, and what year did you graduate? I think it was, so when in 2014, or 2015, 2017. Okay. 2017 other, I graduated. 2017, yeah. okay, sorry. <laughs> 2017, were there other right. um, Maori people in your class? Uh, not in my class specifically, but the year below me, um, Maui is also a Māori artist, person of colour, mm. um, and he he does the same, some of the same um, disciplines that I do as well. So we connected mm. on that level, and we've become pretty close friends for that as well. That's cool. Yeah. Do you think that 
the show Amatanya will in some way normalize the experience of um, circus intersecting with people of color in Australia? Absolutely. And I think um, they've, like, casters and even briefs have already started to do that. But I think using people... Uh, so Jilly was also at NICA, and he was in third year when I was in first year. And, like, it's kind of like full circle. I get to work with him now after seeing his showcase, which had culture in it, his showcase act. And I think this will definitely normalize that as like a pathway for people of color to have a career in circus. That's cool. I was thinking about last time, um, Natano, when I spoke to you, I, I listened to our recording and you, you use the term people of culture a lot. And in the U S we use people of color more. Mm. And it's such an interesting distinction. I really love that phrase. Um, because it kind of implies you know, a, a different culture from the sort of non-culture that white culture tends to be. And I wonder how white culture, and this could be a question for anybody in the team, how white culture, or if it will show up in the show at all, like the, the sort of like coming of age kind of, because it really, white culture doesn't really have like a rite of passage or initiation, if you think about it, that mm. not a tr not a traditional kind of thing it's more like mm. just random stuff and how how will that sh end up in the show or is it just not even in the discussion um is the question like um if if white culture version of um initiation will be present in the show uh, uh, look, it, it isn't at the moment but that's not to say i don't want it it's just like what mm -hmm. you said that um we're not sure if they exist. I, I do, I just, I kind of still find it hard to believe that white people, like we're all very clan-like, you know? Right, yeah. So Where's the yeah. surely in some white cultures there would be, surely. <laughs> just, I, think it's, like, I think it's hard because like, say for instance, America, Australia, for instance, a lot of what is white culture it has, has somewhat stemmed from the colonization so it's yeah. it's hard to like really unravel what is really white culture because i feel like white culture really is is western culture today um yeah. if you were to go into the european countries they're white but they have culture mm. so mm. you know what i mean just they're german just because they're white doesn't mean they've got plenty of culture so i feel like in the narrative of a, a western country such as australia the States, England, uh, UK, for instance, we're at a really different, New Zealand, we're at a different position because white Western colonization played such a heavy role. And so a lot of it is like, you know, I mean, it's, yeah, there's so much to unravel just in that. But I think white culture is technically Western culture. And that's how these Western ideologies have come into play because that technically represents what white culture we know to be as white culture, mm. when really there is a lot more to white culture than the Western I know. Yeah, because like even like the Gaelic, uh, you know, in, in, in Ireland, Scotland, they're very clan-like still in Wales as well. And I remember, yeah. um, like I, would, I was traveling the countrysides of Scotland and Wales and coming across clans, and there were people that still spoke language, like the old ways. Um, and I would say if they, they had a language that was particular or a dialect that was particular to a tribal clan, then maybe they had other customs. 
I, I sure. personally think it would be really fascinating to see that, to be honest. Mm. Yeah. Um, because Amatanga is not about um, necessarily artists of colour, I mean, it's artists of culture. You know, I want to explore the theme of initiation, but but it's open to anyone really who, who practices that. Sure. Did you want to say something, Ken? Yes, please. Um, one culture that I really resonate with is like the ancient Viking culture, which is mm. very, very similar to Polynesian culture, where they had like paganism, um, tattooing their skin with runes, which is similar way that we use it as well. And I think like what they were saying is it's not white culture. It's, uh, sorry, it shouldn't be people of color. It's people of culture. Right. Cause even like I've got quite fair, fair skin. So I'm often, um, have like white privilege in that sort of sense compared to my darker brothers and sisters. Um, so I think definitely culture is a better word than color. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think it would be really interesting to, to even to ju juxtapose like the cultures from Western, the Western culture that you were talking about, Ella, because there's such a disconnect, like we've all kind of lost touch with, with that, you know, with Western culture has, it's like, like they say that, um, racism hurts everybody, not just people of color. It's sexism hurts everybody, not just women, you know, and, and colonization hurt everybody, not just people who were enslaved and repressed because we've all lost something, you know? Mm. And that's, that's to me, like the, at the heart of trying to to reconnect with that part of yourselves is really interesting. Mm. Do you have any um, thing that you're really excited about with your character, Cameron, that you'd like to share? Um, I think in terms of character, we... So recently we've just really been working on our solo pieces and mm. to get ready for the showing. And really it's just a like a pulling my inner essence out to be put on stage. So I feel like the character is really just me. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> the character can be you. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm really excited because it's uh, using this show to put out rites of passages and be like becoming a leader is a very um, transformative experience which is like the backbone of initiations and using this show for me is like declaring i'm moldy and i'm proud to be a moldy circus artist that's beautiful so, yeah. yeah and transformation is super important in that process mm -hmm. isn't it yeah yeah so that so i can't wait to see like how you will communicate that in all of your different acts because mm -hmm. Obviously, costumes is one interesting way you could do it, but there's like music and there's yep. activity, and it's I, so fascinating. I want to hear some like meaty details, but I think I'll wait till I see maybe tomorrow. <laughs> I can yeah. see some of it, and then uh, yeah, and then I can maybe uh, think of some new questions for Natano for next time. <laughs> yes, that would be great. Yeah, isn't uh, Natano? Would you have anything else you'd like to say? Um, before we wrap it up, I know you got to get back to your rehearsal. Um, yeah, I would like to throw it around the room one more time too, to Johnny and everyone if you have one more thing to say. But for me, I, I just wanted to 
I, I'm just really excited about this this show. I mean, to be honest, even if it doesn't um, if it doesn't go, uh, if it just says one performance, I I personally feel really honoured that we're exploring these these things and these um, these themes that are really juicy and and it's been reminiscent of of all of us individually of our old ways and. Um, you know, I'm learning loads, and I'm also rem remind, being reminded of the um, of the importance of these cultures, um, and how how lucky we are. You know, we all stem from these beautiful, rich cultures that um, that are resilient. You know, suffered through and survived colonization, so we're pretty staunch. So having a bunch of a room full of staunch artists is really exciting. <laughs> Oh, I love that word. Yeah, Johnny, I wanted to ask you, do you, have you considered like who the audience will be? Uh, what your dream audience is? Is it Australians? Is it to like travel the world and show people your cultures back from back home? Or is it to, to actually speak to uh, your communities at home? And you're muted, Johnny, so you have to unmute. Are you there? Maybe he's frozen. He's frozen. He's very frozen. He's a method actor. <laughs> he just took a screenshot and left. <laughs> I just want to quickly introduce you to Mayu. You haven't met her yet. Hi. Hi. How are you? Good things. How are you? This is Kim. Good. Nice Kim. to meet you. Thank you. Nice to yeah. meet you. Mayu. So, um, Great. Do you have a minute? Because I have some questions for you, Mayu. Is that okay? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I might hold, get you to hold that. It's a microphone. But, yeah, just hold. Yeah. Just to get oh, yeah. double Mitano, up. Do you want to um, answer that? Before I ask Mayu, do you want to answer the question about who the audience is? Or do you want to do that next time? No, this is good. Um, I want the audience to... There's a, there's a number of people and audiences that I would... Um, that I'm excited about to come and see the show. Um, our people like um, Samoans, Māori, Japanese, all the nations that are represented. You know, I'm really excited about sharing that with our interpretations with them. Um, you know, we're just using a different brush to tell our stories. And, um, and then the greater audiences, like um, the Westerners, the Western audiences, excited about them just so to learn more about us. Um, I, I think in Australia, uh, we're a pretty racist country, right? And so the depiction and representation of us is often negative, and this is a really, it's positive. And I don't know, it's, it's exciting to, to have the license and the, and the governance for us to, you know, we're using our voices and, and we're, we're determining what we say. So that's pretty exciting. And also artists, other artists of color, you know, we've got, Artists of culture. There's loads of them in Australia, but necess not necessarily um, collaborating too. Yeah, they're, they're not. To their own they're not connected. So you know, hopefully we can help connect that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you're not just like a token person in a show. The whole show is about that. And that's yeah. Cool. And I hope, hopefully, there'll also be a huge um, trans audience that shows up. Mm. That'll be great. That'll be cool. Are you, um, were you, are you born and raised in um, Australia or are you from Japan? Or no, I am born in Japan and I grew up in Japan until uh, 16 years old. 
and I left there when I was 16 to go study dance in um, Antwerp, Royal uh, Dance Academy in Antwerp in Belgium. Um, and I stayed in Europe until uh, 2021. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, I studied there for two years and I went to, I spent one year backpacking around auditioning in Europe, doing some small project with friends and colleagues and then went to Frankfurt University um, to do a professional year there in Europe. They offer professional year at university um, to to train with, uh, with them and do some uh, collaborations with other uh, university students from different faculties. Oh, and what is your circus discipline? My circus discipline is aerials. I started in um, uh, training aerials and uh, I still call myself aerialist, and, um, if anything. Um, I am passionate about creating apparatus actually to uh, meet the need of the concept um, that I am uh, pushing forward. Um, I mainly train in vertical apparatus, so um, tissue, um, call, uh, rope, and I also do um, dual acts on things like uh, uh, trapeze or lira. But all those skills are usually used to kind of create my own apparatus um, to portray what I want to visually say um, when I work. Quite That's often. Beautiful. I, not I always. <laughs> in Japan, circus is an emerging art form. It's not as it's not highly established there as it is in no. um, a lot of Western countries. So how, what was your family's uh, reaction when you decided to uh, focus on dance and circus? I was already in dance, so there wasn't much of uh, issues as per se. My family is uh, quite um, uh, modern, actually. My parents are... Uh, Unlike other families, uh, you know, uh, it's strange. I, ever since I moved out of um, Japan as well, I talk to other uh, Japanese or Chinese and Asian families and how they have so much pressure from their parents. And I was lucky to be brought up in a way that was I had a, a freedom of choice. Um, yeah. So my family, were, they were like, oh, just another thing Mai is doing. So, when you learned about rites of passage in Japan, it, is it difficult to translate that to dance and circus for you, or is that just what you do? Oh, um, a lot of research was involved. Um, obviously, certain things I knew, but I didn't know it was related to. Uh, initiation and all that. Um, so it's been an interesting uh, a research and physicalizing that was exci quite exciting to um, try to find what the cultural movement might be because it sometimes has to be like borrowed and st stolen from my own culture. It's a strange way to say it but I might not have grown up in that particular way. Um, so my understanding of um, the movement and physicalities and how that means to my body as a, a modern Japanese cultural woman living in, away from uh, Japan. Um, 
So I'm not sure if it was difficult, it was an exciting process, um, yeah. actually. Was there anything that surprised you that you learned? Um, through this particular process, hmm, anything exciting that I've learned? <laughs> or surprising. Surprising. I think the, I mean, in my career, I've been pushing forward on my cultural identity uh, as an independent artist. So that's been ongoing for me. Uh, something that is quite new and exciting for Amatanga was that to be able to work with other um, artists who, are, who have their own agency in their own culture and in their own voices in their own culture and their own connections to their own culture. Um, and to be able to work with them and then talk about it openly and share the knowledge and our own um, experiences, whether it is a positive or negative, and that's been exciting, and how we could physicalize that together. And that's been actually the highlight of uh, Amatanga um, for me so far. Yeah. And it'll continue that's to be. That's actually really beautiful when you put it that way. <laughs> it sounds exciting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been great um, chatting with everyone today. I think that's enough for today and then just go do your rehearsal and have an amazing showing tomorrow and I can't wait to see how it develops over time and that's what this series is all about yes. you know like figuring out what changes between now and three months from now so hopefully uh, the pandemic doesn't give you any more surprises oh. and <laughs> can't wait to see you all tomorrow thank yeah. you so much thanks Kim thank you. thanks so much thanks to everybody Yes, we'll do. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. It was part of Circus Voices, brought to you by Circus Talk. Original podcast music is by Book Kennison. Please stay tuned for future series on this podcast and subscribe to Circuit Voices wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.